Good morning, everybody. My name is Joel Berry. I help out with Kids Zone here at Ridgeview. We are continuing with It's Not Worth It. Pastor Alex is going to be wrapping up this message series called Unstuck next week with a, with a message called Breaking Free. And we are today talking about this statement, It's Not Worth It. Part of the thing is, is that sometimes in life, if you're anything like me, we can long for the good old days. Like, it used to be better when, and you can fill in the blank. Um, and, and what that has a tendency to do, if we, if we long for the good old days or we're not happy in this current season of life, we want this stage, whatever it may be, to be over, is that we can start you know, thinking this way, but also we can start loosening the grip on our responsibilities because it's not worth it. Right? This is one of the things. One of the things we've been looking at this summer is just these different thoughts that come up, and they actually affect the direction of our life. So this week, or tonight, today, we want to look into this particular phrase. In college, I played. So- I was on the soccer team in college. Saying I played soccer would be a little bit of an overstatement. I was on the team. Every now and then, I got to be in a game. But my junior year... Um, it was spring league, and it's like, hey, guys like Joel can play more because it wasn't like the real season, you know? So I was playing, and um, I tore my ACL, my ligament in my knee. wasn't fun. Not that you thought it was, but I just wanted to clarify. Um, and, and it was, I mean, this is, I'm not bragging about this. It was a foolish way to tear your ACL. It's not like, oh, I got slide tackled, or it was some epic play. I was doing a bicycle kick. I was running down the field, and I did this elementary school trick where you point one way and then you and you think you're going to fake out the player but I'm like 20 or 21 years old I did that and I cut nobody touched me and I went down my ACL tour Um, and then I ended up having three knee surgeries and I had to go to physical therapy so I mean over the course of the next I don't know five or six years it was you don't need to know my medical history but anyways there's three knee surgeries (laughs) And I had to go to physical therapy. This is what I'm getting to. Physical therapists, their goal, I think, in the moment is to not make you feel better. That's not their goal. Because they will put you through some pain. uh, And in the middle of it, you may think, this is is not worth it. The reason I started getting my knee repaired after the the, the second injury, it tore completely. I had to have a knee reconstruction. I thought, I I didn't have kids at the time. I was newly married. I thought, I want to be able to chase my kids one day. So that was my motivation. It was like, if I can chase, because right now it'll go out not doing barely anything. And so I go to physical therapy, and I experienced a lot of pain in physical therapy, apparently more than I should have. Like one time, a a physical therapist, after my third surgery, they said, what surgery did you just, just have? And it was a more of a minor one. And they, they almost exchanged looks like, that guy shouldn't scream like that for that surgery kind of thing. And so I realized I kind of got to endure the pain. It is worth it. And now I, you know, I can function again. Um, so that's what we, we encounter these things where it's like, it's not worth it. Well, today we're going to be looking at Joshua 1, uh, 6 and 7. And these verses are uh, kind of God talking to Joshua, who's taking over for Moses. Moses was a big name and big shoes to fill. And um, these first few verses, I think it's, it's going to come up here. There may be, yeah. Um, we're going to look at these and uh, then we'll talk about it. So be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that, the Moses, my, uh, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, uh, that you may have success wherever you go. So the things in here, this is, this is uh, we're going to inherit the land. We're, we've got good news here, but 
Uh, you look at this verse, there's things in here that we want. We want strength, right? That's the second word in this verse, be strong. Uh, we want courage. Um, and it leads to what? It leads to good success. So what we've got here is a roadmap to success. So if you're anything like me, it's like, okay, let's do that. What are, what are the steps I take so I can get there? And I want to say sometimes the road to success can be very mundane. The season of life that you're in right now and the stage of life that you're in right now and the circumstances that you're encountering right now, some can be very, very difficult and very discouraging and very hard. And we want to talk about that. And some of them can be very mundane. Like, there's not much going on in my life. This is boring day after day. Why am I doing this again and again and again, whether it's work or parenting or marriage or any of these, you know, categories we find ourselves in? And at the end, though, the way to good success is to do what with the word? We don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. If you've ever been on a road trip uh, and you've gone 20 miles or 200 miles in the same direction with no turns, it can get pretty mundane. Like there's no new scenery and you just go and go and go. Now, you could say, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a hard left across the desert for half an hour and then I'm going to go back right for 45 minutes and just go left and right. And there's two things about that. You're not going to get to where you needed to go in the time you wanted to or you may not get there at all if you just keep swerving back and forth and not even heading that direction anymore. So part of it is the mundane that you and I experience, the daily grind of certain things, God is telling us there's value to that, and there's worth to that. And we're going to get into that in a moment, but we, want, we don't want to turn to the right or to the left so that we can have good success wherever we go. Sometimes right, doing right is not glamorous. It's just right. And so part of this is understanding what God's Word says and then how we can take the next steps in growing in that. So part of it is we've been talking about these unstuck thoughts for the last seven weeks and they are, it's not fair, I'm the only one, it's not worth it today, it's not what I want. All of these things are things that we tell ourselves. And what happens with you and I when we start telling ourselves certain things is that we start believing them. It's not worth it. This relationship is not worth investing anymore. This job is not worth going to. This person is not worth being kind to. Some people I should be kind to, not that person. Right? We start believing certain things that we tell ourselves, and they become habits, and habits become the way we live, and they become the way we treat, treat people. Now, the good news is that uh, we can start developing the right. We can start focusing on the truth and telling ourselves the truth, and that's kind of what we've been wanting to, to learn and uncover in this message series. Um, I have a yard, and I like to try to keep it the front yard. I like to try to keep it looking nice. Backyard, it's more of a playground, but the front yard, I notice weeds, and when I notice weeds, uh, I can get distracted. I could be any time of day. I'll see we, and then I'm out there on my knees, and I don't know what the neighbors think. I honestly don't want to take a poll, but um, I, I, it really can take away. But the thing is, when I see a weed, it's like, I got you. You can't hide. From, I see you now. And part of this thought, you know, these negative thoughts, it's not worth it, it starts with recognizing that we're having those thoughts, and then we can go after them. And so what we want to say is, okay, uh, we don't want to get discouraged. Oh, I keep thinking that life's not fair. I keep thinking I'm the only one. I keep thinking that it's not worth it. Well, that should be a, a good, good sign. Like, I see that I'm thinking this way, and now we want to move to, you know, how do we address those things? How do we make progress? How do we work the truth of God into the fabric of our life? And it is possible, and there is hope. And if you are here today going through some heavy, heavy stuff, and you are tired and weary and discouraged and worn out, there's hope. 
There is hope in, in the word of God, and we want to look at, at how we find that hope. Um, so let's continue on here. I think there's a slide here. It says, God's, God's ways reward those who seek him. That may be up here. Maybe I made that. No, it is. Okay. So we're gonna, a, a lot of the time today, we're going to be talking about God's ways and how as we seek him, uh, there is reward in that. And there is a listening guide uh, inside your program. If you receive that today, that may be helpful to follow along or take notes. And you can refer to some of these scriptures later um, in the week and, or even later today. But I wanted to make you aware of that. So there's lessons from the Israelites uh, stop at the desert of sin we want to look at in Exodus 16. So um, let's, let's read these verses from Exodus and uh, talk about it a little bit. It's something that we can learn. One of the most valuable things, or one of the valuable things about uh, having access to the Bible and how God works is that we can see uh, patterns of people, uh, obedience and disobedience, and how to learn from it. And so we want to look at that now. I think we have a couple verses from Exodus here. Well, then I'm going to give you the summary. And it's going to be basically, the Israelites are freed from slavery, and they are going to the promised land. And they are excited about this, uh, they thought, because they don't want to be slaves anymore. But pretty soon, they start grumbling and complaining to the point they even say, I wish we could go back in slavery, because at least we knew where our mills were coming from. Can you imagine being at the point where you were freed from slavery, where you did not have a say, you weren't getting paid or taken care of, you're getting fed, but only so you can do whatever your master says to you to do. And they are, I mean, they want it out of there. So they get out and then they say, can we go back? I don't like wandering around in this desert. Basically, it's like, this is not worth it. This path to the promised land and freedom and victory, if it's this, take me back to slavery. You ever grumble? Maybe once, maybe, you, maybe once for me today or on the way here or five minutes ago. It doesn't take long for me to grumble. You know, I turn, yeah, I don't know if I'm a grumpy old man, whatever it is. It's just, it's easy to find things to say, that could be better. That could be better, and it shouldn't be that way. And, and that pattern in Exodus 16, and you can check out that chapter on your own another time, um, is very common. That's, so it's, it's easy to fall into the grumbling. That's kind of a direction we all are familiar with. So what we want to see is how can we identify when it's happening and start moving away from it. If you have little kids, I've noticed this over the year with my, my own children, they will say or something, whether it's a complaint or something, and I look at them and I think, that's what I sound like. They're little mirrors sometimes. And it's like, oh my goodness, that's what I sound like? I can't be such a grumbler and work on that. So uh, as you identify it, you want to start moving past it. So we're, we've got the Israelites, and we've got their example of starting to grumble when they're freed, and then we've got the, the, the verses in Joshua that we talked about at the beginning, which I'll mention again at the end, but we want to figure out how do we, how do we connect. So the next thing is trusting in God's promises starts with making Jesus my Lord. So we want success. Just like it said, we want to be strong and courageous and find success wherever we go. Well, success in the Bible... Um, is wisdom, but it's also you can't separate uh, Jesus uh, being your Savior from success because of this very thing. We are here, humans are here, and we aren't perfect. Adam and Eve were the first humans. They sinned. All of us have put our, our stamp of approval on that action by doing our own thing at some point in our life. God is perfect, so it puts us in a very difficult situation 
if the creator of the world, a perfect God, only deals with perfection, that keeps us from having a relationship, and that's what we were created for. The Bible says we are created in the image of God, which means you have high value, and I have high value, and it's a high value that no one can take away. But to have the relationship with God, it takes um, something bridging the gap. Now, I could go to church. I could be good. I could stop grumbling. It doesn't bridge that gap. None of that good stuff bridges the gap. We need perfection. And so God sent his son, Jesus, in the form of human, human flesh, who lived a perfect life. He lived a way that we don't, in the sense that he didn't sin, and we have. And then he died a brutal, brutal, brutal crucifixion uh, because, uh, death, because sin is ugly, and he took upon your sin, my sin, the world's sin in that crucifixion to restore our broken relationship with a perfect God. And when we realize that God has restored our relationship and connected us back to the only source of hope and, what we, and, and, and purpose in life, everything becomes worth it. Everything we do has purpose. And that, that is encouraging and that is hopeful, but it's coming to the point with Jesus, I can't do this. I believe that you sacrificed for me, but you didn't stay dead. You rose three days later, you defeated death. Many people's, maybe arguably most people's greatest fear, but many people's greatest fear, the fear of death has been defeated. We have hope for this life and a relationship with God and and hope for the life to come in eternity with him because of Jesus. And so trusting in God's promises that I'll find success uh, wherever I go and that I can be strong and that I can be courageous and that I can deal with these difficult situations at work, at finances, marriage, parenting, fill in the blank, uh, it starts with nailing down who is calling the shots in my life? Is Jesus boss? If not, then then I'm calling the shots. And a lot of us, I I mean, I don't know a lot of, but a common story I've heard in my life is people said, I went to church. I was around Christians. I was burned by a church. I was burned by people that said they followed Jesus. And so they've taken the truth of Jesus and and lumped it with their experience. And, And so if the answer's here, They've already dismissed it. And what that does, it frees us if we reject God to do whatever we want. We don't have to to line ourselves up with the truths of the Bible because it's not real to us. The only thing is, when something is real and true like the Bible, it's like gravity. You can say it doesn't matter, but do not try to get off your roof today and fly to work because it's real. It's not just real, it's true. And life always flows God's direction. And all of us are proving that the Bible is true, either by our obedience or our disobedience. And so when we reject the truth of, of Scripture, uh, and I get it, when we, we've had hard times, we, then we're doing things on our own. And what happens when we do things on our own is that it just doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. And now we're frustrated, and we're, we're not getting the results that we wanted, and we're thinking it's not worth it. And if we're not connected to our, the God who created us, it is hard to find value and purpose and worth in anything because we, we are missing out on what we were created for. So we want to nail that down. Is Jesus my Lord? And if he's not, if you're still exploring and you're new to Ridgeview and you're new to coming around church, my encouragement to you is to get answers. I mean, we kind of pull into uh, church and things like this at our own pace. And we, here at Ridgeview, we want you to do that. We want you to ask questions, get answers, and really seek, uh, because there's, there's real hope, and there's real value in that. So as we, as we go on here, you see that trusting in God, you know, makes 
It starts with making Jesus our Lord. The other thing is, there is good on the other side of whatever you're in right now and whatever I'm going through right now. And you know the stresses that you showed up here today with. And you know some of these are not things that are going to be fixed overnight and maybe over a year, the things that you're working through. But on the other side, as you choose to press forward, as you choose to risk, as you choose to be courageous, uh, there is good on the other side. But that takes faith. And let's look at that. Hebrews 11.6 is a great verse on faith. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So this is the faith. Like, God, this season of life is worth it. What I'm going through, me doing these things according to the way you say to do them, treating people the way you ask me to, handling my fill in the blank, work, finances, marriage, parenting, the way you ask me to is worth it. That's faith. Because we don't see how it's going to work out. You know, and our future is, no one knows our future. So there's a lot of concern when we're, when we're like, I, I, I have to have faith or I'm just going to be um, worried, distracted, and starting to lose a grip on my responsibilities, which that's what we talked about at the beginning. When we start thinking it's not worth it, we start kind of letting go. Why would you hold on to something if it wasn't worth it? But God says one of the things that we can do to show faith in the middle of the mundane, in the middle of the difficult, is to keep a grip on the stewardships he's given us. And you know what yours are, and I know what mine are, and, and so we have to remember that and stay faithful. And, then, and, and, and God will be faithful to us. He promises, to, promises that. So let's get into a little bit. God promises to, to reward those who seek him. Um, and then we're getting into with, 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 dot, dot, dot. So these things, I'll just be honest, all of these things can be heartbreaking in some, real, some way or another. And there's obviously more categories in this world, but here are some of the big ones. Uh, the first one is uh, meaningful work, Colossians 3.23. I think we have the, the verse up there. Uh, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So how would that change how you and I approach our work day if we didn't have our earthly boss on our mind, but we had, uh, oh, I'm doing this for God. Because if, if our boss mistreats us, our coworkers are difficult to get along with, that's going to affect our grip. This isn't worth it. But oh, I have a job that God gave me, and I am going to do my work as if he's watching, because he is. And I'm going to work for him, and we're motivated uh, by his grace. You know, the picture I was spelling out earlier with us imperfect, God perfect, Jesus bridging the gap, what motivates us is not uh, our, our guilt of sin or our fear of hell to, to get over here. I don't want to go to hell. That may be something that, that is on your radar, but what motivates us is the grace of God. God reached out, and there's nothing we could do to reach up to him, and he saved us. He saved us. So if we have committed our life to him, even our work, our mundane work, that drive, that commute, that traffic, those other people on the road, whatever you do, you work heartily as for the Lord and not men. And all of a sudden, it's worth it. And I've got a grip. And I've got a grip not because I think my boss should win boss of the year, but because my God is good and he loves me. And he has given me work to do, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it the best I can. 
with his strength. And that, that's why we ask for his help every day. God, I, I got to do this right. And leaving it up to myself, it's going to get squirrely, at least for me. I know that's the case. So, you know, in our work, um, God rewards those who seek him with meaningful work. Uh, second, a unity in our marriage. Uh, Mark 10, 7 through 9. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. God really wants to help with marriage, and marriage is not easy. Um, and you may be in a situation right now that just seems hopeless, or maybe uh, your marriage has ended. That's in the past, and so there's all that you deal with from that. But God uh, wants to give you help in the middle of where you are. Uh, here at Ridgeview, we want to help. Uh, God puts a high value on marriage and family, and we want to help uh, people grow in these areas. And we've done things in the past, and we'll probably in the future with parenting seminars and uh, I think we've done a marriage seminar. Have we done one here? Yes, I'm losing track. But we've, we've done these things, and it's just there's opportunities. And part of the thing I want us to understand, and it's helpful to me, is that there are answers and there is help to be had. Because as soon as we begin to believe this isn't worth it, I'm letting go of this grip, things don't get better. Like losing the grip on our responsibilities is not the answer, but it takes faith and help in the middle to move forward. Um, and, and in the middle of this, what can happen in marriage and really in any of these categories is cynicism. And my encouragement today is to reject that. Uh, cynicism is like, it's not going to work out. It's, it's all these thoughts we've been talking about over this mes- message series. Uh, because when you are cynical, it is very hard to be thankful. But if you can start replacing that cynicism with gratitude, God, will you show me what I do have? And will you help me to be thankful for what I do have? Um, it really starts to change, and we start to develop habits that really help us become unstuck by the help of God. Next, we have uh, children that rise uh, can call you blessed, your children in your house. And I think we have uh, that verse there as well. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That's a beautiful picture. Kids get up every day, bless their mother. Just just bright-eyed and ready to go. How can we make this a joy for you today, Mom? But the idea here is, uh, here's the deal. Parenting is tough. Being a kid is tough. Being a human is tough. And so we have to really learn to lean and trust in God on these things and really believe that on the other side, there is good as we are faithful in the mundane today. Because a lot of the the parenting stuff can become very, very mundane. And one of the challenges, we don't want to look at this, oh, this is a stepping stone. If I can get through this season of life, then things are going to get good. Well, the truth is, Things get good over here as you are faithful in this season of life, in the mundane. God, today is the day you gave me. I I, got to stop looking at tomorrow or 10 years or as soon as they can get to this age. If it's parenting, then it'll be good. Today, may I be faithful, God. Give me the strength. And as I'm faithful, I, I end up over here and that faithfulness is honored down the road. And so it's, it's a hard thing. And the truth is, 
People probably aren't going to make movies about your life and my life. She sorted the socks. You can hear the movie trailer. He put another Band-Aid, even though it was just a scratch, and Band-Aids are expensive. You know, it's like they're not going to write movies about that, but that matters. All that you're doing, gosh, I thought I could do it today. I told Pat before I wouldn't do it. So um, all that you're doing today matters. And as a parent, you think there, there's just the moments where you, you don't see the light. But if this is true, if, if the scripture is true, then we hold to it and we cling to it and we live by it and you will see the faithfulness of God. You will see the faithfulness of God. So be encouraged, no matter what stage you're if you're a parent or if you're a kid, if you're somewhere in between, uh, know that God hears your prayers. He is faithful. And the only way through this is walking day by day, faith in God. It is worth it. The mundane is worth it. The socks, the laundry, the breakfast, they didn't want to eat, all these things are worth it. There is purpose in everything you do. When we are separated from God, it's hard to find purpose in anything. And so we chase things that don't satisfy. When we find life in Jesus, then everything matters. And there is purpose and hope. It's not, let me get to the next thing. It's like, today I'm, I'm here. May I be present, God, and faithful with what is in front of me today. Because these are, yeah, I think there's a song like, these are the good old days. You know, sometimes like, I mean, I remember when it was easier back in that day. Well, it's now. Be in the present. So let's look, let's continue on here. Um, children rise and call you blessed. Uh, peace in uncertain health situations. Before we get to that verse, what's happening here that we're talking about today is the shift starts to go from I to God. Because, I mean, part of the burden that you and I are experiencing today, whatever stresses and difficulties, you know, it's about us. It's like, I am going through this. I am dealing with this. Me, and I want it to be better. And so what's starting to happen is, as we take our focus off of I and, and our, 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 our uh, struggles, we shift to God. And as we shift our focus to God, it's not because uh, it doesn't mean but at the end of the day, all that's going to be wrapped up now. Now I'm looking to God and praying. And so all this is just going to fall in place. What it means is you are connected to the source who has help and answers. Some of the stuff you and I experienced took years to get how it got. And so God, as soon as we start turning to him and following, he is working for your good to work these things out, and he can be trusted. He can be trusted even if uh, we don't see the answer. So let's look at uh, Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, how many things work together? All. So parenting, that falls under all. Your kids fall under all. Uh, your friendships fall under all. Your career falls under all. Your future, your finances, fill in the blank. Whatever you are concerned about, just take it to that umbrella of all, and it's going to fit. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according 
to his purpose. Uh, health concerns is kind of the, the heading here on your listening guide, but we know that this applies to all kinds of, of situations. And you may be dealing with uh, health concerns, and what that does often is it reminds us that we're not in control, and it's a very scary feeling to not be in control. Now, we're rarely, we're not really in control ever, but there's just certain times where we really feel it. Man, I can't do anything about this. But God can. This, none of this is a surprise to God. He actually can handle all this and wants to, and, and will work it out for your good. That's, that's the promise here. So take heart as you're going through things that uh, you, you are, if you're reminded that you can't, you're not in control of something, again, that's a win, because we, then you can turn to God and say, will you help me? And he does. He does again and again and again. He's not wasting this, this trouble on us, and it ends up being for his glory and for our, our good. And it says, for those who are called according to his purpose. God is reaching out to all of us. That, that was the message of salvation that I kind of mentioned earlier with God being perfect and us being imperfect. And as he, is, he is extending that invitation to you and I. If you haven't yet made Jesus Christ the boss of your life, that's my encouragement today. And as you have, this is what this, this verse is talking about. We know that everything that you're going through, God is working together for your good, uh, for those who are called according to his purpose. So none of this is being wasted. None of this is being wasted on any of us, the, the circumstances. And, and it, it goes through all of those things. And I'll just briefly, we're going to wrap up here in just a moment, but I want to briefly, before we get to uh, some next steps, remind any situation from your health. I mean, you can fill in the blanks. In fact, think through a situation that you're going through right now. Um, and it may be a list. If you're like me, it's sometimes it's not just one, right? There's several things, and, and all of that pressure can really start to weigh you down. And as you come up with that list, now recognize that there is a God who is using every single one of those items for good. And as you are faithful in the middle of it, do not bail out. Do not bail out under the pressure. Pray, ask God for help. Ask others for help and advice, and watch how God works for you and on your behalf and gives you what you need. And on the other side of it, you'll, be, you'll have a story to tell, and your story can be an encouragement to someone else that's got, that, that is going through that, and you've been, now you're on the other side and say, I get that, that is scary, but you know what? It's not the end of the world, and there's hope on the other side of it, and then you've got people to walk through it with you, with you. That's another benefit of pulling in here at Ridgeview, walking together through life in community. We were not people that are made to live in isolation. We aren't made to live in a relationship. It's just me and God and no one else. It's the, the body of Christ. And when I said earlier that Ridgeview really wants to help marriages and families work, yes, and we want to make uh, individuals work in whatever season of life, from elementary to junior high to high school and beyond, uh, we, want to, we want to see that because God uh, all of that matters. Every single mundane thing that you can imagine has purpose when we're connected with God. So we're gonna, I'm going to wrap up in just a moment. Seems like a quick one today, but that's, that's all right. Um, I want to look at these next steps. First of it is that God's ways, uh, and I mentioned this at the beginning, he rewards those who seek him. So really turn to God. And it may be 
the first next step today is just committing your life to Christ and saying, I've, I've never really nailed that down. You know, I, I call it the shots in my life, and, and I've done that for a while, but I realize that there's a God who loves me and who, who wants to lead me, and I want to surrender my life to him. So that may be your next step, and as you're connected to God, then there's opportunities and clarity and help on how to move forward through everything else that you're experiencing. Uh, the next next step, the next next step, memorize Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is, an impossible, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So memorizing scripture is a way to do battle with all of these thoughts we've been talking about this summer. Uh, specifically today, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, God, I am going to lean in in faith and trust you that as I do right, you won't rip me off, right? And so memorizing Hebrews eleven six may be a place to start for that. And then this uh, last next step, trust God in my current circumstances by praying daily for his help in this situation. And I mentioned earlier, uh, just a minute ago, um, you, you may have a list. And so I would say, you know, if there's one that's really on your mind, you can put that there or you can make the whole list. It's not too big for God. If you've got a list of 20 things there. But my current circumstances praying daily for his help. Every day, we bring it back to God. Every day, we bring it back to God. Like that road trip, it's like, just stay on the straight and I know it's mundane, and the scenery doesn't seem to be changing, and maybe people's hearts that you're praying for don't seem to be changing. But stay, don't turn to the right or to the left, and every day, you bring this situation before God, and watch what he does. All right, I think those are the three we're going to wrap up in just a moment. I want to pray for us as we continue working on these things in our own life. You know, God doesn't want us to be stuck, and he has real help and real answers to help us from being stuck. So let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for your goodness and for the truth of your word, how you meet our needs in every situation, and how even the mundane matters to you. And may we have a grip on our responsibilities, and with your help, do it well and as we struggle and face these concerns and face these difficulties in our everyday life, we turn to you, we ask you for help, we trust you for the strength, and we look forward to how you work all of these things out for good for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.